Are you ready to learn? Because my super experienced guests are ready to share some really valuable information. Make sure and listen all the way to the end to get help and support. So let's start with the best audio experience. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our show. Today, we discuss about digital marketing agency, how you can control, launch, or uh, handle your agency. And I'm excited to discuss this topic with Garrett. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. How are you? Yeah, I'm great. I check out your LinkedIn profile. I found that you have extended experience with that. Can you tell more about your experience, background, and why you uh, decided to uh, have digital marketing agency? <laughs> Okay. Uh, yeah, happy to. Um, tell me to shut up if I start rambling. Um, so uh, basically, my background is 20 years ago, did a marketing degree. Um, absolutely, absolutely loved uh, business and marketing. Um, uh, but what I found was uh, there was just like no jobs around back then. Um, so it took me a while to find, uh, find my first marketing job. And I was working in a small little software company um, as like a marketing manager, but I was a marketing manager of, of just myself um, and found, uh, I mean, the timing uh, was pretty impeccable because I kind of started in marketing at the same time that Google launched um, Google ads when they, when they launched their pay-per-click uh, system. And also it was right back kind of at the start of SEO and things like that. So um, I very much became a self-taught digital marketer and I, I spent three years in that business, just learning SEO, learning PPC, playing around with it as much as possible, but on very limited budgets. Um, absolutely loved it. You know, loved the fact that I could, you know, uh, stick an advert um, uh, live on Google or stick one on Bing or something. And then the next day, someone in Australia has downloaded some software. You know, it's just like it felt, felt really, really cool and really powerful um, and really immediate. Uh, from there, then I went to a finance company where I had massive budgets because it was during the uh, the property boom uh, of sort of like 2007 to 2008. Built up a team around me, so I was kind of like manager of a of a little digital marketing team. Um, and what I needed was agency support, and this is where sort of like the very the very first seeds of running an agency sort of entered my head because um, I just had a terrible time of it. Or I had agency after agency just screw me over. So I had one agency that was doing um, dodgy black hat SEO. So basically, you know, potentially getting uh, getting the website uh, a future penalty. I had another agency that I couldn't believe it. They were a content agency. And so I'd, I'd come up with ideas for content based off keywords. I'd work with them to create content. And then like a month later, I'd find a copy and pasted version of that content on direct competitors' websites because they were basically selling it to rivals. So another potential, you know, duplicate content penalty. And then uh, another agency who ironically became one of the biggest in the UK, who they were, they did good work, but they didn't answer emails. They didn't return phone calls. They didn't turn up to meetings. And, and I, just, I was just like, Do you know, it's like, what is wrong with these agencies? You know, we're, you know, we're paying them thousands of pounds a month and no one's taking it seriously. Uh, and then what happened was the recession hit and me and my team all found ourselves redundant on kind of day one. Um, but for me, it was like the kick up the bum the, that I always needed because I wanted to run my own business. I wanted to set up an agency. I had no idea how to run an agency. All I had was you know, three clear examples of how you don't run agencies. Um, and yeah, so just just decided to set it up pretty much at the very start of, of the recession in South Wales, which is a place where there was next to no digital marketing budgets anyway. So it was uh, an interesting location and an interesting time to set up a business. But yeah, I'm, uh, I'm really glad I did. 
Yeah, yeah. Extensive experience, you know, love it. And, you know, um, I have something similar um, because uh, when uh, I decided to launch my online shop, I didn't have any experience with digital marketing and I failed to cooperate with uh, some recognizable digital marketer agencies. And, uh, yeah, I had similar experience, but they didn't provide any results. That's why I started to learn from scratch and yeah, <laughs> only after learning. By the way, uh, I always uh, tell my clients uh, it's better to understand marketing because I can get much higher results with someone who understands marketing. If they feel that um, digital marketers are magicians, can provide all results, it's it's not the case. You know, you need to understand and to cooperate as a cohesive team. You know, to work together. Okay. Uh, you mentioned about SEO and pay per click. Uh, I remember when I started my online shop. Uh, I uh, I did it myself everything uh, in Google Ads. Today, when I open uh, Google Ads, I can see a lot of settings. It's hard today. It's not even close to 10 years ago. And in my team, we have uh, a team of uh, paid marketers who can handle the process. Can you tell more uh, how to handle uh, various marketers? For example, someone is good with SEO, others are good with uh, paid marketer. How to understand uh, that they provide... Uh, High quality job. Uh, God, where do I start with this? You're probably asking one person. I, I don't get involved in too many, too many things day to day now. I mean, we've always, uh, we've always taken people on for like one discipline for one channel. So it's like we got a paid media team. All they do is paid media. An SEO team. All they do is SEO. Now, lots of them have um, talents across channels. You know, lots of them have worked in agencies before where maybe they do you know two or three or four things, and lots of them have have like little side hustle, uh, you know, either e-commerce businesses or they do like a little bit of consulting and then they might cover more channels anyway. But I think for us, it's um, it's always been get, get people in with as much experience as possible um, and then just get them, you know, stick into their strengths. So if someone, if someone like, you know, in the past, we've had a, a paid media team where there was one who was a display specialist, one who was Facebook specialist, one who was Google shopping specialist. So it's, and then really help them develop those skills to kind of the max so that, you know, so ultimately they can get the results that, that other agencies can't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I got it. Okay. Um, uh... Uh, you mentioned about uh, Black Hat SEO, that you uh, stick with that, uh, you had the experience, uh, and uh, about other agencies, they couldn't respond in time. Uh, and uh, how do you decide such uh, problems in your agency? For example, you know that customers want to get response now, or for example, uh, in close time. Uh, and uh, how you uh, can uh, decide these problems that other agencies couldn't help you uh, when you uh, try to cooperate with them? I think the first thing is um, all of this, and like the you know the biggest bit of advice I can give any agency is just be really picky with who you work with and only take on clients that you know you can help. And it's uh, you know it sounds obvious, but when you're running an agency, it's quite easy just to say yes to work. And I've been guilty of that in the past. You know, taking on taking on clients and everyone who sets up a business, whether it's a marketing agency or not, I was told at the very start is you're going to sell yourself too cheap. And you're going to sell yourself to the wrong people. And I did. And everyone I know does. So it's kind of like, you know, one bit of advice is, you know, price yourself 
according to your value and price yourself according to what, what others are charging in the market and then figure out who it is you should be working with. Because, I mean, we turn away probably two thirds of the inquiries we get. We just we, we don't really entertain. Um, and then of the others, we vet them thoroughly. So it's like if they don't have internal resource, you know, so it's like if you're going to pay us for SEO, you have to implement the changes that we recommend. Otherwise, this relationship's not going to work. Um, you know, you've got, you've got to give it development time. You've got to work with us on things. You know, you've got to help us um, create content and work on that together. You've got to make sure we're a part of your, your wider agency ecosystem. Um, and when they agree to all that, then it's, then it's great. You know, expectations are managed. Everyone knows what they need to do. You've got a, you know, sort of a, a co cohesive, well-working team. So that kind of gets rid of any issues then. Um, and then when you onboard, uh, onboard clients, you know, we, we've got very um, uh, sort of like uh, uh, Gantt charts that, that we agree with clients. So we agree project plans together. So we all have what's called, so at the start, there'll be things like kickoff meetings and there'll be familiarization sessions. At the end of the first month, we might be presenting a strategy. And then what we'll do is every quarter, we'll do a quarterly business review. So just going through, you know, what have we done? What do we want to do differently? What what does the client need to do differently? What are the results like? Where can we improve all stuff like that? You know, where can we grow stuff? Um, but they will have um, weekly or monthly sessions with their account managers. Um, the, the people in the delivery team who do the work will also check in. So there's like, there's a lot of stuff that's planned. And by having it planned um, up front, a lot of the more sort of like reactive stuff doesn't really happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, good. Yeah, it's management. Okay, uh, you talked about selling to the right people. Which channels do you use to sell to the right people and how you uh, filter out this uh, right people from the rest? Uh, so as for, as for channels, and this is, you know, hate to admit this, but we barely do. We don't do our own PPC, or very rarely. Um, we we kind of we do a little bit of SEO and a little bit of content marketing, a little bit of PR for ourselves, but nowhere near as much as I'd want to. We just don't get the time. Mm -hmm. So in terms of channels, we're we're in a fortunate place where most of the clients that come to us are referred to us. So either you know it's either an existing client's recommended us, or an agency's recommended us, or a or a freelancer or a marketing consultant has recommended us, and then we're you know so it's quite a nice warm. A warm lead and we're able to go in there and have a chat with them and, and what we often do is if if we can't help them whether it's like a sector we don't we're not confident in or the budget's not right for us or there's a clash with an existing client we'll quite often go and find them another agency that we know that can help them mm, yeah great you know i think it's it's the best channel <laughs> when someone recommends you better than seo than marketing anything you know yeah it's free and uh, i think uh, word of mouth yeah it's because yeah you can provide high quality job okay uh can you tell uh, how do you decide problems when clients uh, can't uh, for example uh, um, everything depends on uh, high quality content uh, but uh, from my experience many clients can't create this content uh, they have no experience with writing uh, filming or anything else uh, do you help them to create this content? Do you have a team of copywriters or uh, you uh, lead them in the right direction where they can fight, for example, to websites like Upwork or uh, any other? Yeah, yeah sure. Um, so uh, it's, 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 it's always been an interesting one. And I think um, partly because I started doing this 20 years ago, 
when when all of this was kind of like brand new and right back then it, you, you you created content you know businesses had to create good content and it's it's the same thing now we just went through this sort of like weird phase in the middle of like that that period where where content became this this almost like this commodity where it was traded traded cheaply um, I mean, the proof in the pudding with us is my first ever member of full-time staff was a copywriter. So it was always about you got to have, you know, you got to have good blog posts, you got to have good advice articles. You you know, you, you got to come up with something newsworthy. Um, so it's always been vital. It's it always used to surprise me, like how whenever you met clients, how how much how readily they would agree to, yeah, we'll write five blog posts a month. Yeah, don't worry about it. And then they never did. So we very much our content team grew quite quickly, and it was mainly copywriters, um, just because if if the client wouldn't write it, no one else was. So we may as well do it. So we've got now, I think we've got five in-house copywriters, and then we've got like a variety of freelancers, usually ones that specialize in certain subjects. So it's like we got a couple of clients in the medical world, we got clients in like the legal sector, financial services. So we'll quite often pull in writers that really understand those sectors and more importantly, um, the legalities of them. But yeah, it's 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 always been a funny one. And it's like I'll quite often say, you know, if, if I'm speaking to speaking to companies about the marketing teams they should build up, it's like get yourself a good writer straight away. Because even if even if you're writing um, good content, insightful content without keywords in mind is still going to be beneficial. You know, it's almost like you can worry about optimizing it in the future. You know, it's something then you can seed out on social. So you're actually going to build a social following. It's something you can use in your in your email uh, marketing activity. So it's just like get a good writer in-house and just start writing, writing, writing as much advice articles as you can um, and you're good. So yeah, um, that's kind of, kind of awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, got it. Yeah, I think uh, uh, if I remember correctly, Bing uh, told that uh, keyword research will, will be obsolete one day uh, or probably in 2021. I don't remember exactly the number, but yeah, uh, if you write content, if you create content, uh, uh, you don't need to care a lot about SEO. It's better to create about high quality, about human, and uh, yeah, it's, uh, and then you can optimize for SEO without losing uh, user experience. Yeah. Completely agree with that. That's always always been our stance since day one. It's been like you write write for the humans, worry about the search engines after. You know, like there's nothing worse than when you see a piece of content and it's stuffed with keywords and it just you know and it's hard to read or it's just nonsense. It's very off putting. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, can you tell more about management? How to manage uh, people uh, in, uh, in your digital marketing agency? For example, uh, I know when you have uh, one task, two tasks, it's not hard. But when we have many tasks for many clients, and uh, I think, uh, or uh, tell about your schedule, how to you have some meetings, or you use some CRM systems, or anything else, how to manage. Because from my experience, it's a big issue. You know, even having uh, 20 people, it's hard. You know, to tell them what they need to do, uh, which deadline we have, and something like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so project management system we use is called Teamwork, mm-hmm. which also has a chat function which the entire agency uses. So we've got some chats that are agency-wide, some that are one-to-one, some that are per group. So that, that helps a lot with communication, especially when we're remote. Uh, we the way we manage people's workloads is we got two full time project managers, so it's basically mm-hmm. basically their job to to make it work. Um, 
it's always a funny one because as much as we try not to, we will always end up over-servicing certain clients. Um, you know, some of them rarely, some of them every single month. Um, and it also doesn't matter how many project managers you've got and how many levels of management and how much software you use. That's kind of like, that's always like the agency curse. But it's not necessarily a bad thing because, you know, if it keeps the client happy, if they refer their friends, if they grow with you, then um, then it's good. But it's something we've always had to keep an eye on. And we've had, you know, there's been a few times in the past where a client might sign up with us for like 10 days a month and we get a few months in the project and it turns out we're doing 20 days. So we're losing money on it. And then you've got to have you know, quite a tough conversation because you've got to reset things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, can you tell more about hiring? How to find uh, the right people uh, for a company? Uh, do you use recruiters in your company or you uh, cooperate with uh, some remote recruiters? Uh, to find yeah. Them? So, I mean, this is an interesting subject now because the, so as an agency, we've, uh, we've basically not been able to grow much for like the last six months because we haven't been able to find Uh, team members so we've had we've got like a, a, a almost like backed up projects and we've got loads of new inquiries and and frustratingly some of them are, are really good ones and some of them are ones i've worked you know, worked on for years to bring them in um, and we couldn't take them on so hiring has been very very painful um, but it seems to be an industry-wide thing but last week we uh, recruited four people and this week we've recruited one so we've had which basically we've done more recruitment in the last six days than we have in the last six months um three of those came from uh so there was another agency in south wales that went bust in december so they basically had like 30 people looking for jobs so we quickly snapped up the the three of them um another one came off um just knowing the agency so basically approached us and was like hey i'd quite like to look at you guys and then another one came off a job board So I think, I mean, this isn't my area, but as far as I know, Indeed works quite well for us. Um, We do use a few recruiters. So we got one or two local recruiters because for us, you know, we want people who can come into the office. We want, even though we're working remote in the future, we want people here. Um, So we use a couple of local recruiters and we use a couple of specialist recruiters. Though, I mean, to be honest with you, um, I can say what I want about recruiters because my mum was a recruiter. My mum set up a recruitment agency in the uh, in the 80s and my first job was working for her. So I can say what I want about them. But we really have dealt with some dickheads, you know, like like a couple of them who, who um, you know, we sign up an agreement, an exclusivity agreement so that they can find us staff. And then you find out they're calling our staff, seeing if they can headhunt them, you know. So some sometimes they feel like a bit of a necessary evil, but there are some great ones out there. And, you know, they can certainly get you reach. So it's like, you know, there's, we're, we're desperate for one or two more people in certain roles right now. And so we're going to recruiters and just saying, please, you know, help us find these. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm good. Um, from my experience, it's hard to find SEO specialists, you know, because uh, we have a lot of specialists that they think they're specialists, you know, they know about SEO. But uh, I often see when uh, they have skills and knowledge, uh, that obsolete you know they don't want to develop them innovate uh, don't read blogs uh, articles uh, don't try to yeah to go ahead okay uh, for example um, when uh, you uh, found uh, a few specialists how to check out their skills uh, uh, they're good or not uh, do you uh, uh, share this task to recruiters or uh, to, uh, to tell th- uh, themselves with the specialists 
So, uh, I mean, our recruitment process here, probably the, probably the main reason why we've, you know, managed to grow and why we've managed to, you know, to do fairly well in the last few years is because of our recruitment process, because it is thorough. So, uh, I mean, there's, there, you have, uh, I, I don't even know what it is these days, but basically, so we'd vet the CV. So we'd go to the recruiters and say, you know, kind of like this much experience and this these kinds of skills. And can you ask them these questions? And so if people get through that stage, then they'll usually have like a phone interview with the uh, head of HR um, or they're all like the team leader uh, for their team. Um, they will then get quizzed thoroughly <laughs> about their background mm. and about their knowledge. Um, if they get through that stage, they'll then have an interview that would usually be like head of delivery and the team leader. Um, but if, I mean, what we used to do in um, uh, when the office was open is you'd come in for your interview and they'd basically put a, put a paper on the table and say, right, we'll see you in half hour. And it's an exam. So it's like if you are coming to the SEO team, it's it's like a 20 question SEO exam. And we've had we've had people walk out to that stage and basically say, sorry, you know, this 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 isn't for me. You know, this is this is too much. Um, but interestingly, one or two of them then have found jobs in house and then they've used us as the agency because they knew they knew we vetted stuff properly. Um and then if you get through, so you do your test, uh, you then also have an interview. If you get through all of that, you then have to meet your colleagues. And if they don't think you're a good fit, if they don't think you share our values or you're not going to get on with people, then you don't get the job. So it's like, it's, it's you know, a, a big mixture of your technical ability, your attitude, but also like who you are as a person. Like, are you going to, are you going to work with us? And our values as a business, or are you going to clash? Because if there's any clash, you know, it just those people never last. So the last thing we'd want to do is is sell services to a client based on someone who's going to disappear in a couple of months. But yeah, mm. it's a very thorough recruitment process, and the ongoing joke in the agency now is: if I applied for a job in Liberty, there's no way I'd get through the first couple of stages. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you can find good people. <laughs> okay, uh, let's talk about environment. Uh, how to create a positive environment? Uh, um, uh, from my experience, for example, uh, I had uh, this issue a few years ago. A, a key uh, uh, good players left my company, you know, and uh, I didn't know what what's going on. When I check out, yeah, uh, we had toxic environment. And that was uh, time to uh, handle the process, to change the attitudes that we had in company. How do you decide these uh, problems in your company? Uh, and uh, do you have experience with uh, uh, toxic environment? Yeah, um, not so much experience with toxic environment. We've definitely had quite a few toxic individuals over the years, and some of them then built a bit of a toxic environment around them. Um, the trick is, as soon as that stuff happens, you've got to nip it in the bud and you just got to get rid of them. Um, there's, you know, there's always going to be people who don't fit for some reason. And I know people who in this business weren't happy and were moaning and were causing problems. And then they worked in other businesses and, and you know, they're getting great reviews from their bosses. So sometimes, you know, it's, it's the environment they're in. It's, you know, it's a combination of, you know, who they're working with, what they're working on, where they are in life. Um, I mean, for us, uh, I mean, we're, we're fortunate. We got really, really good um a good culture a really strong culture and a lot of it's based on support so like you know we've we've got people here who just like look after one another so you know issues like hr issues of people clashing or, or people not getting on are really 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 rare um but it's taken a long time to get to that uh obviously i mean you basically decide the kind of culture you want as a business you decide you know how you want things to work and then you have to 
um, you know, it has to be top down. So it's like, you know, everyone in my leadership team, um, you know, they, they, you know, they show that they're supportive. They show that, you know, they're willing to put people first, that they're, you know, it's not a profit first business. Um, and by doing that, it sort of trickles down. But I think it's, um, it's a tough one because, uh, you know, I was chatting to other agency guys about this recently. And it's like, you know, we all talk about the culture of the business that we've built. But the reality is we haven't built the culture. You know, culture is its own sort of like living thing. And, um, you know, it can turn. And, you know, culture, I suppose, is what people talk about. You know, if, if, if you ask one of my guys in the pub one night, you know, what's it like to work at Liberty? The answer they give you is kind of like, that's our culture. So it's, um, and it's, you know, you can, tr- you can try and guide it, but you can't really police it that much. Yeah. Yeah, I ask this question because uh, 50% of people, according to a few studies, hate their jobs. No, yeah, it's a lot. No, <laughs> Yeah, and uh, I had this experience and we handle it uh, today. Yeah, we, we read off some people, you know, <laughs> negative people. And yeah, for me, it's much better when you cooperate with positive people. Uh, it doesn't matter what skills they have. If they are negative, why we need to have this experience? You know, it's better to, <laughs> to live happy life. Okay, yeah, you're better off having people straight out of university with zero experience, but they got the right attitude and they want to do a good job than having someone, the most experienced SEO in the world, but he's got a chip on his shoulder. Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, let's talk about uh, your main uh, direction. For example, uh, in many companies, uh, uh, for example, in my company, SEO brings uh, 80% of all profit, of all, of all revenue. Uh, what kind of marketing brings more for your agency? Uh, so, ooh, kind of depends on if you how you define SEO because it's like so we got we got an SEO team of like I think it's nine people. Mm-hmm. They probably well our, our SEO team is about nine people. Our uh, our content team I think is about ten, and then our paid media team is about six or seven. So it's like there's, and that kind of probably reflects the, mm-hmm. the amount of income per team. Um, but then it's like, if you come to us for SEO, we're not really just selling you technical SEO. We're usually creating content for you. We're usually doing digital PR for you. So it's almost like half of your money goes to the content team. Half of it goes to the SEO team. So I don't actually know the answer to that question, which is probably not good seeing as I run the agency. So I, I probably better better brush up on my, on my numbers. But, um, but yeah, we're very much, I mean... What we what we tend to find is, I think almost, I'd say, two thirds of our clients use us multi-channel. So they basically come to us and say, "Look, you know, I want to double my sales, or I want to double my leads, or I want to travel this, or I want to grow that." Um, and then we figure out, well, for the budget you've got to get there, you need to do this with SEO. You need to do sort this out with your content. You need to sort, you know, get some links. You need to do these kinds of PPC channels and spend this much money. So we we almost like put together a bit of a plan, uh, a plan of attack. And then other clients come to us basically and say, you know, I've got a PPC agency. Don't think they're up to scratch. Do you want to take over the PPC? But so it's, yeah, I mean, most clients are using us for multi-channel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, got it. Uh, okay. Uh, do you help clients with web development? Uh, I know that some agencies help, no, don't help. Yes. So basically you come to us because you want to rank higher. You want good content. You want decent paid media, decent ads online. 
and we do some social media and we do some uh, data and analytics stuff for people. No website design, no website development, no other kinds of marketing. And it's because uh, it's going back to like, you know, one of, one of the reasons I set up this agency. It's like, you know, I my background was SEO, PPC, content marketing. It's all I knew. And it was like, I can I can either be good at those things and hopefully one day be great at them. Or, you know, we can become full service and just kind of become a jack of all trades. So for me, it was yeah. always really important to, you know, stick to our knitting. But the good thing there is, you know, I talk about our business is built off the back of referrals. We get a lot of referrals from uh, web designers, a lot of referrals from, you know, mm-hmm. branding agencies, a lot of referrals from, um, you know, advertising agencies, PR agencies, because we don't step on their toes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, glad. Yeah, you can recommend them. They recommend you. Yeah, good approach. Uh, because you know, uh, uh, okay, how do you handle the uh, the thing when your customers tell you, "I have no web developers." Uh, they have budget. They have money. They can. Uh, they wanna create this content, but they have no experience with creating. Uh, or I mean, like uh, to developing content. Uh, I mean, if, if someone comes to us and says they don't have a web developer, then we say to them, you need to find another agency because <laughs> mm-hmm. it's just not going to work. You know, and we've had, you know, m- and this has happened multiple times over the years where, you know, someone pay- pays us to do a load of SEO research, competitive research, come up with a new keyword map, come up with a content plan. And then, um, uh, you know, we'll go through it with them. And they're like, oh, well, you know, I'm probably not going to have the budget to get that blog sorted for another six months. And we're like, well, you know, we all agreed we were going to grow this together. Um, and the issue for us as a business is, you know, that, that client's taking up a slot on our client list that, um, you know, if they don't implement that stuff, they don't get the results. They don't, they probably don't get budget next year. And therefore, you know, we don't, we don't keep them as a client. We don't get to grow them. And if we don't, you know, as an agency, if we don't get great results, then my guys aren't happy and we don't get to enter awards and all that stuff. So we don't, we don't get to show off as much. So it's like, I think it's important that, that clients have the resources to do these things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, got it. Okay, uh, you mentioned about uh, social media, that you provide social media as well. Can you tell more about uh, which channels do you use? Organic reach, paid uh, marketing, or anything else? Do you help to create brand awareness, uh, get traffic, uh, sales? Yeah, so, yeah, certainly. So when it comes to organic paid, we we only, I mean, we've only got a handful of clients we work with on it. Uh, like uh, my stance, like on on social since day one, pretty much is you should be running this in house, because you know it's as, it's as much a customer service channel as it is a marketing channel, usually more so. So you can't outsource that stuff to agencies, you know, effectively or, or you know, you know, uh, uh, for a decent price. So it doesn't make sense for us to be do, managing all your socials. So quite often we'll help clients come up with a social strategy that slots in with their internal team. Um, for a lot of clients, uh, we'll do the paid social. So we do a ton of advertising on Facebook. We do a little bit on, on LinkedIn, a little bit on Twitter. Um, but when it comes to organic social, we'll often hold the client's hands. And I think of, I mean, we got something like, 40 or 50 clients we work with there's maybe five where we help where we're doing organic social for them so it's very much you know let let us help you do a good job here but when it comes to the paid stuff you know it's more important that we get that right mm-hmm. yeah yeah i've got it okay uh let's talk about your unique selling proposition for example um do you learn your competitors and uh, how you can stand out from the rest? Uh, why your services are better or uh, which directions uh, you can uh, help much better than your competitors? 
So this is an interesting one, and I hate to admit this, but we don't really have a USP right now. And, and the reason that I hate that so much is because if, if anyone asks me what's the number one thing you should do in business, my answer would always be stand out. It would always be, you know, come up with something that the rival, your rivals aren't doing and show it off and, you know, basically you know, have a differentiator, whereas we don't really have one. So, so when we set up, because, because I'd had my fingers burnt by those other agencies, our whole USP was, you know, we're the ethical agency you come to us with a transparent agency and we took it as far as we had a project management system built that clients could log into so they could actually see you know we're not doing any dodgy stuff and we're not taking your money and doing nothing or doing very little it's like if you pay us thousands of pounds a month to do your seo not only we're going to do it but we're going to prove to you everything we do and that i mean we grew like crazy in the first few years off the back of that but then the problem is the market changed. You know, Google did big updates like Panda and Penguin, and it was no longer, you know, Black Hat SEO almost like disappeared. So it was that like there was, there were all of those dodgy cowboys had kind of gone, they'd been wiped out. So our USP didn't really matter anymore. It almost became like a hygiene factor in the marketplace. So ever since then, we've struggled a little bit, but there, we did something, um, when was it? Just over a year ago, we did something I think was pretty clever. We launched a separate agency. So Liberty now is kind of part of a little group, and the other part of the group is called Foundation, which is a, uh, a performance agency that specialises in the beauty sector. And because of that, it's the only performance it's the only performance agency in the UK that just deals with beauty, and it's basically an agency within an agency. So we got people here in my SEO team, my strategy team, my uh, content team, my uh, PPC team that have worked with loads of beauty clients over the years because we've always had a bit of a, a bit of a, a, a specialism in that area. And now we've launched a separate brand, um, and yeah, and because of that, it's just cut straight through the market. So it's like we we get a, we got a lot of attention. What we what we basically doing there is like in in a very competitive marketplace, can we cut through all of the rivals quickly? Can we generate a lot of attention quickly? Can we get uh, you know, can we rank quickly for this stuff? Can we get a load of good inquiries and can we get a load of new clients off the back of this? And it's basically ticked every single box. And, and what we're finding is you know beauty brands are getting in touch with us and they're going, well, you're the beauty experts. Why why would I go with with someone else so we're quite often in the final straight away or they're not even speaking to another agency uh, i think you share your unique selling proposition <laughs> yeah uh, make faster than your competitors <laughs> yeah straightforward okay um let's talk more about um black hat seo you mentioned that uh, you don't believe it works but uh, we can see today that uh, many agencies still sell it and clients still buy it. Uh, and uh, can you tell more about your buying persona? Uh, uh, this, your customers uh, tried Black Hat SEO and uh, uh, come to you or uh, they come to you uh, without trying uh, some low uh, paid uh, SEO? So back, back when we started 13 years ago, quite a few of our clients had done Black Hat SEO. Um, and for the first few years, probably for the first five years, uh, we were dealing with a lot of that, that mess. Um, I think that what was interesting is very, very few of them knew it. Like all they knew is they, they contracted an SEO agency and, they, and you know, they, the SEO agency told them they needed links. And next thing you know, they're just buying them loads of blog roll links or you know, doing a load of blog comments spam or, or, or God knows what. Um, so, and then we'd have to explain to them that, you know, this isn't good and you're probably going to get yourself a bit of a, a rankings issue in the future, unless you turn this around and start doing good stuff. 
So we haven't seen much of that in like in like the last seven, eight years. You know, it's almost like non-existent. Um, I mean, for us, I, you know, there's instances where Black Hat SEO is probably something to, to work with, you know, in certain industries, like, you know, adult industries and gambling and stuff. I know of people who, do, who use some of those techniques quite sparingly and it works. But I mean, the thing is, if you're mainstream like us, like, like our, so our target client is we want to deal ideally with like a marketing manager or a marketing professional in an existing company um, that wants to be a challenge, you know, that's a challenger brand. So we don't really want the people who are at the top of the market, but we also don't want startups. Um, and therefore they're going to have budget to get there. And usually they already deal with an agency, but the agency's just not performing. And more often than not, it's not the um, results that are the issue. It's kind of like the agency's attitude or, you know, the agency just doesn't come up with new ideas. That's always the, the, the interesting, the thing that interests me the most in the agency world is clients leave agencies because they don't feel loved. They've like very rarely leave agencies because they're not getting the results and for me, when I was when I was a client using agencies, it was all about the results. So I've always found that one interesting. But yeah, so that's our, our target buyers are currently using an agency, not working out, want to grow, want to get market share, want to really go for it. They've got budget to do that. They've got resources to do that that they're going to commit to. Um, and then yeah, we're happy happy to 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 get it going. Mm, yeah, yeah, good, that's valuable. Okay. Uh... Uh, but how do you explain to your customers about uh, uh, deadline? For example, SEO is a long game. It's marathon. You know, we can't get results fast. And it takes time, months, sometimes years, you know, to get results. Uh, how to explain them that uh, we need to wait uh, to be patient with getting results. Uh, we can't uh, produce uh, a lot of backlinks, you know, with outreach, uh, even a few links, but uh, high quality and relevant links, you know, uh, much better than a thousand <laughs> black hat uh, links. How to tell them that uh, we can win uh, in the long run? Yeah, the um, I think the you just got to be honest and use those exact words. It's like you know, if if you're if you're coming to us and you're sitting on page ten for you know something competitive like travel insurance, you're not going to get on page one. Even if you chuck me a hundred million quid, well, I don't know, hundred million, I could probably do it. But if you even if you're going to chuck me a million quid, I can't get you onto page one in the next six months. And anyone who tells you that is lying to you. So you know, the only way you could do that is probably some black hat stuff. That means you you know, once you get there, you're probably never going to be there again. What 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 we tend to do uh, as a business though is in every single project we've ever worked on, there's quick wins. So it's like almost come up with two project plans, one that is long term. So it's about, you know, doing the um, digital PR, getting the links coming to the website, coming up with some big bits of content, some of which might take six months to you know plan and produce and upload and outreach. So, um, you know, and then looking at, you know, why are the quick wins? Because quite often there's usually on most websites, especially e-commerce websites, there's always cannibalization issues that when you fix them, rankings improve straight away. There's always issues with existing content not being good enough. So sometimes you look at, looking at I mean, th this is like a real good tip for anyone in digital marketing is just rewrite your blog posts. And no one does this because it's not sexy. It's not like setting up new ads or doing so, you know, building a new part of your website. So no, everyone ignores their existing content because tweaking old content just isn't fun. But, you know, this is content that's in Google's index. It's probably being showed by Google. You know, it's got some history there. 
but look at it and you know the, if the keyword research was done five years ago refresh the keyword research you know should you be going for a different keyword set on that page should you chop and change the content because if it was written before the world of mobiles um it's probably a chunk of text can you split it up a bit bullet point it put lots of headings and subheadings in does it have a call to action does it make, take advantage of internal links when you start going through these things you find your tra your blog traffic just goes through the roof so there's a quick win um and usually things with like site speed there's there's some quick things you can do there so it's almost like let's get some over the course of like the first three or six months let's find some things that you can implement that are gonna pay for us you know because like goal number one for us is like let's at least pay for ourselves as soon as possible and then at the same time you're, you're looking at the long-term uh to-do list um and then you just make sure the client understands that you know these, these two things happen you're going to see some improvements soon but the big improvements are going to happen way off in the future mm -hmm. yeah valuable okay uh the last question about predictions in 2022 what do you think uh, will work in digital marketing in 2022 because uh, i often get this question from my audience and uh, uh how to choose priorities in this uh overwhelming i don't know <laughs> quickly changing world Oh, I mean, one prediction that's not going to be much of a shock to anyone is like the whole automation side of things with paid media. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, Google's launching big things at the moment. One of which, one of which were, is worth checking out is called Performance Max, and it's about it's basically taking a load of the day-to-day -day sort of um, you know hassle or a load of the day-to-day -day tasks out of the hands of the paid media manager. And then giving it to, to the system, giving it to the software. I mean, what this means is um, if you're in the world of paid media doing day-to-day -day account management, you're going to need to be better at strategy. You're going to need to be better at um, you know, advert copywriting. You're going to need to be better at just sort of like planning things out um, and talking business, you know, because so it's like commercial awareness is going to be be front and center but when it comes to actually just you know day-to-day -day bidding or picking audiences or picking keywords a lot of that's being taken off you um so that's on the paid side of things um uh, on the seo side of things i mean this i think what we i think that this year is going to be a good year for seo i think there's a, a lot of brands that are now taking it seriously i mean if you look at our inquiries they there's a lot more a lot more businesses that have maybe dabbled in SEO in the past that are now talking to us about doing it properly. Um, I mean, I think the overall, the interesting thing for 2022 is what's going to happen with um, COVID and lockdowns. Because if all of that disappeared tomorrow, it's going to be a very different year. I mean, what I've noticed as a trend in the last couple of years is it's become ferocious online. Because not only, not only did you have businesses that were locked down that had to start advertising digitally because they couldn't do anything else. At the same time, then you've got businesses that are already doing it. who are like, hold on a minute. We can't, we can't lose position here. So we've got to invest more in it. You've then got startups that have been created in this environment and all they know is digital. So they're throwing money into it. And this is why in some, you know, some uh, paid media auctions, you're looking at, you know, traffic costs have jumped up like crazy. And so that I think that's the interesting thing is there's a lot more people playing in the game now. So your competition's grown in pretty much every sector. But I also think what's also interesting is a lot of those aren't doing it properly. You know, they've just, ju they've just jumped into it. I, you know, either in a bit of a panic because their shops have been shut um, and they don't really know what they're doing. And also they've got a team there that maybe don't understand digital. So I think it would be, you know, if you take this stuff seriously and if you give it, you know, the attention it deserves, you can probably outmaneuver a lot of your marketplace quite easily.
Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks a lot, Garrett Morgan, for your time. You know, yeah, it's a big pleasure to get you on the show. And uh, how people can learn more about you, reach out to you, follow you? Uh, so I'm on LinkedIn. So just do a search for Gareth Morgan Liberty. You'll probably find me. Um, go to libertymarketing.co.uk to learn about the agency. We've also got foundationagency.com or maybe .co.uk if you want to see our beauty stuff. Uh, and yeah, I mean, if anyone here is in the agency world and they got any questions, they want to pick my brains, then feel free to chuck me, chuck me a message on LinkedIn. I'm always happy to help. And um, yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah, thanks a lot for your time. Okay, guys, you can find all these links in the description below. Listen us on Google, Apple, Spotify, and see you next time. Thanks for listening to this entire podcast. Please rank your experience in Apple, Spotify, Google, or any other platforms that you may use. Also, please share your ranking mark on chat at seotools.tv to get a special gift. We'll see you soon on other valuable audio podcasts.